0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Care Package to Japan. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. His name is Ed, and I've known Ed for, I believe, more than 10 years. Is that right, Ed?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's it's pretty close to 10 years.
0: Yeah, so I'm just so excited for what we're going to chat about today. And Ed, do you mind just telling the audience a little bit about who you are, where you're located right now, and how is Japan in your heart or in your blood?
1: My name is Ed Mori. I'm father of four, four amazing kids that I'm just really blessed with. And uh, I live in uh, Los Angeles, uh, town called Torrance, uh, close to the beach and enjoy living really close to the ocean. Amazing area to, to live in. So I'm really blessed, and uh, um, I work in the cybersecurity field, so that's that's also pretty exciting, and uh, that's my full-time job. But really, um, like you said, uh, yeah, I'm Japanese American. I was born here, but my parents are both from Japan. Uh, my my mom is from Tokyo, and uh, my dad was from Osaka, so. Um, or they had me. They moved to LA for a job, and uh, they had me here. And my dad used to say that on my butt it, there was a stamp that said "Made in the USA." <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I grew up here, and but I've been to Japan many times, and I still have lots of relatives, cousins there, and I'm hoping actually to go back soon. And I think the last time I went was with you, 10 years ago. And uh, interestingly enough, today is, in Japan, it's March 11th. So it's the 11th um, anniversary of that tsunami happening. And that's the, the reason why you and I connected, because we went on that um, mission trip to Japan together through the college ministry.
0: That's, that's insane that today is March 11th in Japan.
1: I, I, I didn't even know that it just happened that way when I scheduled this with you and, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's been 11 years since, since then. And, and I think you and I went in the summer, right? I think uh, maybe July or August. Yeah, we went
0: in July.
1: And you've been back many times. I'm really jealous of that. But I really, you know, Japan, obviously I'm Japanese. And um, I really miss Japan. Hmm. Excuse me. And I, uh, yeah, I was just um, really thinking about it lately. My actually, my uncle just passed away a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of in shock. And uh, so, really, put that on my heart to um, go back and just to see my relatives, and you know, just to connect with them and. Japan's a really special place. Uh, and obviously, you know that. You've been there many times. And people there are amazing. The food's amazing. The scenery's amazing. Um, but there's also um, no God, you know? Um, and that's really where my heart is. Uh, just praying for them and to have hope you know, that Jesus brings. So
0: i love to hear more about why japan is special to you and then after that i love to dig deeper on the topic of you mentioned like there's no god in japan like let's let's talk about that landscape because um the listeners are listening in from all over the world and some people have a greater knowledge of what you know what church is like in japan but some don't um So I'd love for you to, like, paint a little bit of picture of why, first, like, why Japan is special to you, Ed.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm Japanese. I mean, that's first and foremost. And I really, you know, um, growing up, I was a a son of immigrants, right, that that moved here. And I had a hard time um, with that, right? I was the oldest of five. And a lot of things were difficult um, growing up just because I didn't have parents that spoke English. And so I had to kind of teach myself and help myself and kind of struggle through school and all, all sorts of things in life that that most kids got to do. Um, but I also was a little bit separated from what was going on in Japan because I didn't live there, you know. And so I did go to Japanese school uh, for actually nine years a long time um, I was really behind on that but I also felt like I didn't quite fit in there because most of the kids were were kind of uh, they were going to they were going to go back to Japan you know once they hit uh, high school and so um, so but I really you know I, I think about this and I go you know if my parents had moved to the United States to, to LA I don't know if I would have I don't think i would have became a christian because we came here and um we used to live in montebello but my mom had some health issues and so we the doctor advised us to move closer to the ocean and so we moved to to this where actually palos area and and in high school i i was on the volleyball team and i percent of the kids there were um, kids that went to church my current church, Rolling Hills Covenant Church and, and through that through them you know, loving me inviting me and just getting to be really good friends with them, that's, that's how I became a Christian, you know, through that through their evangelism you know? and so and I think about how many you know, the population of Christians in Japan, I think it's like 1% Right? I'm not quite sure, it's just significantly low. Yeah, and so I think about that and I just go, Well, wow, I'm so blessed that, that I was born here and then I ended up coming to the faith. I was 17 years old when I became a Christian. And through that, my sister and my brother um, became a Christian and uh I continued to follow Jesus um you know and part of part of the church but but when i hear about that one percent in japan that also makes me sad because um just just uh it's such a low number and so i pray i pray that that people will find hope in the message i know there are churches i know missionaries there that are doing amazing ministries giving their lives dedicated to serving the people of Japan and I commend them and I look up to them and I follow them on Facebook and just to see you know, their perseverance and and, uh, the love that they have and you know, so um, I'm really appreciative of them and I I wish I could do more, you know, uh, I think maybe uh, when I get a little bit older, when I have more time um, I'd like to, to do more ministry in japan or for the japanese um there's also a japanese ministry at our church as well so i've here and there i've kind of gone um and be part of that too but really i, I really have heart for the people there um, every time i've gone there they've been just so kind and generous and i have my cousins and my uncles and aunts and i love them dearly and so um I I want to start there, I know it's hard, right, it's hard to have those conversations and especially since I'm mostly speaking English, (laughs) speaking in Japanese can be a little bit difficult, so, but you know, I just have to trust that God will take care of that.
0: Growing up um, in the States with immigrant parents, what was that experience like for you and also what was that experience like for you hearing about the gospel for the first time?
1: Well, um, like I said, growing up, um, it was hard. Um, yeah, I just kinda think, think back to kinda of what it was like. I mean, obviously I am totally blessed uh, as far as, um, you know, we had, my, my parents provided uh, we went we went to uh, a good school. You know, we, we got to do a lot of things. We traveled a lot. But at the same time, um, growing up, there weren't a lot of Asians at my school. Um, so that was a little bit hard to fit in. Um, you know, I didn't really do some of the traditional things like, I don't know, like, you know, Pop Warner or uh, Little League or soccer or any of those things. And so I was always a little bit on the outside on those kinds of activities. And I always had to kind of learn about American culture. Because, you know, at home, it was more Japanese culture, right? And we'd spoken Japanese. You know, we ate Japanese food. And, you know, we celebrated, you know, some of these Japanese traditions and and things like that. And um, But as I got older, I could tell that there was a little bit of a gap between... You know, who I was and kind of what, what, where my friends were and um, so that was hard. Um, but you know at the same time I'm not not really complaining. I mean I, I have, I've had some amazing friends over the years, amazing teachers. Uh, so um, I know God was working on my life from the beginning um, and which leads which leads me to, Yeah, which leads me to, you know, kind of where, how did I meet God, right? I mean, I remember my junior year in high school, I stopped playing volleyball. I was really depressed. Um, Kind of, I don't know, I I stepped away from a lot of my friends, even my church friends, and trying to figure out what what was going on. Um, You know, I used to eat lunch by myself, like far away from everybody. I don't know, maybe I was depressed. I don't know. <laughs> and you didn't really talk about things like that. but
0: Well, that's, that sounds like signs of depression. Like, right now, a lot of people are talking about it. But typically, signs of depressions are lack of motivation, desire to isolate, not wanting to connect with others.
1: I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was horrible, but it, at the same time, it was still a struggle. And, and I remember, um, actually, one of my coaches, volleyball coach, um, He was a JV coach, and he had approached me on campus. I think my senior year, just really, just really struck me. He just kind of sought me out and said, "Hey Ed, you know, I know you didn't play volleyball last year, but you think maybe give it another try?" I was like, "Wow, okay." You know, and that that's all it took. I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." And so I started playing volleyball again. And that's when. the guys invited me to church, and and um, I really that when I when I walked into Carlson Hall, which is which is one of the, the rooms at the church that the high school used to meet at, um, they had been praying for me, and so and you know I had no idea, I, I I had zero clue as to what church was like, let alone youth group. So I was an unsearched person, and I remember walking in and. And he just was like, they was so friendly and, uh, just, just greeting, greeting me kindly, And, and, you know, and, and some of these kids went to my high school, but a lot of them did it. They didn't, they didn't know who I was. And so that really struck a chord in me, in my heart, my soul. And, uh, I really felt loved. And, um, and so I started coming regularly and, and that senior year, um, there was a water trip and I remember the, the senior pastor or the, sorry, the high school pastor had you know, he wanted to have a little chat with me on the side ask me where I was with my walk or if I even had a walk with Jesus and I was like, of course <laughs> I'm like, why would I not want this, you know uh, I know what it's like to not have Jesus and this is amazing and so um, so yeah, that's that's how i became a christian and obviously it it took a while for my walk to develop you know um, a lot of the things that i did hang on to um, actually they just kind of fell away you know right at the beginning just, just things like swearing just, just doing stupid stuff those those kinds of things but really i think it took another five to ten years really for me to develop my faith and to grow in my walk and to really understand what Jesus did and what, what the cross means and to give me hope and joy um, to live my life for him um, and, and, it, and it continues to grow and it continues to change and, uh, and, he's, and he's working on my life still um, so yeah so that's, that's my story
0: yeah thank you so much for sharing that and I think it's so strategic that one, you're a Japanese American, and 2 your place in the South Bay, because South Bay in Los Angeles has one of the highest concentrations of Japanese Americans, um, or just Japanese people in general, and I think you're strategically placed there so that you can just be you and you can represent Jesus, whether you're going to Trader Joe's or Nijia or Mitsua or even even church. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that and praise the Lord for how he literally saved your genealogy. Like if you think about it in that perspective, it's so mind boggling, like because of your yes sons and daughters get a chance to know the gospel and when they're ready they can accept him um as their own personal lord and savior and i think whenever i think about like the transferring of like from the kingdom of darkness to kingdom of light like that's that magnitude is huge and i there's something else that i also want to talk to you about is i know i know you guys um have a heart for adoption which many listeners probably don't know about um but i love for you to tell the listeners the story of one how did god place the desire to adopt um in your heart in jill's heart um because at the time you guys already have three kids (laughs) and three kids is a lot um it's not an easy task to raise three kids let alone four um but I love for you to share the story of how did God place that on your heart and how has a journey been um with that yeah
1: in 2007 my mom passed away she had she had stomach cancer and it spread and about a year um, passed away and when she passed away, she had left us some money. All well, the kids. And, uh, you know, we were thinking, what do what do we do with this? How do we how do we bless God? How do we how do we how do we further the kingdom? And there were actually two things that came to mind at the time. One was to be a missionary to Japan and the other one was to adopt and so um actually even was offered a job well maybe I should say position Job would mean I get paid I don't know if I was going to get paid but a position at our church to help lead the Japanese ministry too so anyway um I was just I was just trying to figure out what, what do I wanna do with this? And we prayed about it, talked to Jill obviously and we were praying about it and and it really and Jill didn't really place any pressure on me, right? She, she was just letting me wrestle with God on this and and you know, after thinking about it, praying about it, I thought, you know, we should adopt and so I told Bill, I said, hey, I think we should adopt. I said, I'd love to be a missionary to Japan. The kids are kind of in the middle of, you know, school and to move them to some country and, you know, just kind of all these things. And I was just like, let's, let's adopt. And he was like, okay, let's do it because I've been praying that this is what this would happen and that you would come to this conclusion, you know? And so... So we decided to adopt, and, and uh, one of the first things that uh, was requested by Keegan, my daughter was that it be a girl. <laughs> she wanted a sister. And so, um, fortunately, in Jill's uh, family, her sister had already adopted, and so they were familiar with an agency, and we had contacted them and talked to them and figured out like what countries can you adopt where you can actually say you want to girl, you know, instead of a boy. So so we, we kind of looked around the world and and uh see China was one of those that came up and um it was uh you know it was one of those things where once we decided it was China, um, we also didn't want to compete with a lot of people that were just trying to adopt, you know, and especially kids that were healthy perfectly fine and so we said you know let's let's do this but let's maybe pick someone who has a um you can't remember the correct term but it was something like um a, a corrective procedure that you know they have some sort of some sort of thing that could be easily corrected you know so like a plus palate or a club foot or there's there's a whole list and they would ask us, or they sent a questionnaire, and they probably had like a 100 things on there, what, what what we would be comfortable with and what would be totally out. And so we, we filled that out. And, and um, the first person that came up, we were kind of like, you know, I don't think we can help this person. I don't think that'd be the most loving thing to do, just because of the way our house was laid out and it just wouldn't be fair. And so, so, unfortunately, we declined on that first first person, but, um, but Avery was our second, and, um, you know, we just thought, this is great. He's energetic, you can seen the pictures that we got, and it's just looks like this amazing little kid, and she was about three at that time, and um, and so, you know, it took about a year. Right, to kind of do all the paperwork and the interviews with the postal worker and fill out our forms and get the money and send that over and then make the arrangements and get the translates. I mean, there's just so much to do, right? You don't just fly over there. And so, so um, yeah, it's, I think what year we went and did this. I think it was in 2011. Yeah, I think, yeah, 2011. So right after Japan, September of that year, Bill and I flew to Japan, I mean, to China, uh, and then picked her up, and we actually had to fly up north uh, to Sanyang, and then from Shenyang we went to Guangzhou. And in Guangzhou, you do all your paperwork, and then we flew back to L.A., and yeah and it's been amazing um avery is just she's amazing she's just uh she blows me away just just her just her courage to come as a four-year-old to just a stranger to a strange strange country she had no choice you know and to learn a new language new new culture you know and and she continues to thrive and to, to be uh, uh, just an amazing person that loves Jesus, too. She just stands for the truth. She stands for what's right, you know. And, um, and so, yeah, we're just really proud of her. We love her very much. Yeah, we just, uh, I, don't, I don't know what life would have been like without her. It just, it just would have been really sad if that didn't work out. So we're just happy the way it went.
0: Would you say the process of adoption and now having Avery give you a newfound understanding of the Father's love for us?
1: I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely, um, I think we have a new appreciation for more of the fact that we're adopted into God's family and what that looks like. And... It, it's a it's, uh, it, whenever Avery and I know talk about adoption we do, we do talk about that and uh, you know we're all adopted into God's family and it, it's just an amazing process it's an amazing thing that God had created this adoption you know and um, I I just I uh, or Avery, I, I'm just always in awe of how uh, how she's handled all this. Uh, there's a lot of challenges to being adopted. There's just no doubt, right? And I, we don't really know her story, um, her full story, right? I don't know if it's true for all adoptions adopted kids but you know i'm sure it's true for a lot they don't really know why or how and she has those questions right and and she still has to work those through with god and and you know abandonment issues and just there's just a lot right but i also know that he fights through those and he um sees things in just an amazing light Uh, just he doesn't really dwell on things too long. He just lets things just go, you know. And I think that's just an amazing thing for me as a father to watch my daughter do that. Um, because I, I, I don't know maybe I don't know if I could do it as well as she she does it, right? And uh, she's definitely mine. She's my daughter. I, I, just, there's no difference between the
0: kids and her. And, Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, and I think it's also very beautiful from a macro perspective too because um, for those who are not aware, um, there's been a lot of bad blood historically between China and Japan and the East Asian countries. And I think this is this is one story, but I think God uses these individual stories to bring about reconciliation like the fact that you are Japanese and that she is from China and that historically there's been a bloodbath Um, yet now look at how glorious this relationship um, that you and Avery have and I think I think God brings about reconciliation in the most almost like unimaginable but like far exceeds our expectation type of way um God's story is so much more glorious than we can ever imagine and his story is for every tribe and tongue and nation um and that includes Japan which is so exciting um yeah and that we are part of that story which is thank you Jesus <laughs> yeah ed thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me i appreciate it
1: it would be great if we could go back to japan and do some work together in the future you know and uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing and continue to fight the good fight and and uh, let me know how i can pray for you and for the ministry that you're doing for the people there
0: so that's it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoyed the show Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you so much. Until next time.